Yeah, I always feel bad because I changed my like muting strategy. So now I'm just like, I sniffle in the microphone and Drew can probably hear it. And he probably, you know, oh man, whenever I'm muted for you and I'm like coughing or something. Sorry, Drew. The things the editors have to hear, you got to wonder, like, are they keeping clips? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we're doomed. Right? Lots of stuff gets cut, you know, and if you have an open mic, who knows, maybe they're capturing some human body sounds. What yeah, kind of human body sounds, Chris? I could think all of them. If you record for <laughs> enough hours with an open microphone, all the human body sounds. Oh, gosh. It's Office Hours with me, Chris. Oh, it's one more episode, I suppose. Episode 30 of this here program. Come on in, get comfortable, ask your questions, and let's chat. We'd have a fire, but it's getting too warm for that, and there's already enough smoke going around. Brentley's here too. Hey, Brentley, dust off that chair. Sit down. Well, hello. I like these new drapes you've put up. Yeah. Yeah. It's because of the sun. Yeah. I don't know about the zebra pattern so much, but you got to try some. Yeah. It's still coming through on my face. It's too much. I, I just don't know about this. I don't know. I'm kind of uh, not panicking. But Is that what you're telling yourself? <laughs> I'm getting anxious. I had a phone call. I had a phone call. Weird. And these calls, they come in fast and furious. When I get them, I get spam. Like if I get a spam call, I'm going to get four or five spam calls that day. And uh, this guy contacts me out of the blue and he says, hey, are you having trouble with Nomad Internet? Which Hmm. is one of my former, although I'm still paying for, mobile internet services. And he knows my name. He says, hey, Chris, I just tried calling you. Are you having problems with Nomad Internet? Please let me know. So I text him back. How'd you get my contact info? He, this is what he responds to me with. My company provides me an Excel sheet. Yeah. That's all I know. Thanks for asking. Uh-huh. So then he calls me. And he, I, was trying to get, I was trying to get the information from him, but I realized, oh, yeah, I do need to figure out my internet situation. I'm going on a road trip soon. <laughs> and so, like, ever since that call, I'm, like, anxious as hell, you know? I'm all amped up now because I'm, like, I'm not ready for. How do you know it was the actual person? Because it could have been a data leak and all of a sudden they have your info. Well, that's what I was asking him. I was like, did you get like a list of customers or something? He claims that everybody's been having problems. So he's leading with that because it's what it's getting him sales. Convenient. Could see that because Nomad Internet's, if you go Google Nomad Internet, they're having drama right now. Big time. Uh, I will just say, aha, it's it's a service I use and they offered to sponsor on the pod and I declined. And then like six months later, it turned out like the whole thing's being run by a con man. I mean, I ended up spending my hard earned money on it, but I sussed it out and I was like, yes, I don't think this company's reliable enough. I'm not really happy with my service. I'm not super happy with the customer support. So I declined their offer to sponsor. But maybe that money would have been at least paying for the bill. I'll tell you what. But it's you know, the idea is you want unlimited cellular Internet when you're on the road and no provider was going to give you truly unlimited but they have these subcarriers out there. They're not even quite MVNOs. They're like something else. They like buy corporate contracts and then they resell them to average people like myself. And these corporate contracts have special high rate data plans that make them attractive to digital nomads. So we'll see. I'm this, this you know, I talked to him for like 40 minutes. So I had all kinds of, yeah, I wanted to figure out like, had you get my information? And I had several questions about that. But then once I was satisfied enough with those answers, I wanted to know like what networks they support and how they how they deal with like, if I go somewhere, I don't have service. And, you know, uh, 
But he talked about how they ship you all the sims. They give you a sim for T-Mobile, for AT&T, Verizon, and one other. And then you just, if you get somewhere where you need the service, you call them and they'll get them activated in a couple of minutes and then you just start paying for it then. But you have it. So if you go to an area where you need the service, you already have the sim and the gear. That feels a little clunky to me. Yeah, it's the best you can do. You could have them all active all the time, but that's very expensive. <laughs> How many cell phones you got, Chris? Well, I've got these seven because it allows me to... Oh, man. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Getting, getting good Nomad Internet is ridiculous. I'm surprised that uh, something like Starlink hasn't solved that for you. It's better. It's, it's huge. You're not really supposed to use Starlink in motion, and they're, they're cracking oh. down on folks using it in motion. Unless you pay like absurd amounts of money for the dish and for the service. So you have the problem of when you're going down the road, which when you're road tripping an RV can be for an entire day, as you well know, and you need active internet during that time. Plus you can often arrive at a destination that has a lot of tree coverage in the Pacific Northwest, especially we're going to be going through Oregon on our road trip. And there's just going to be huge trees everywhere. And we may not get a clear shot of the sky. And you need a basically 100% clear shot of the sky or you will drop packets. It's, it's not a good time. <laughs> these, but these companies are so shady. So if you're out there, avoid Nomad Internet. Because uh, I think I've been paying for three or four months and been unable to cancel. It's been, uh, and, and this guy I just talked to, who's had a bunch of customers that he's got that were Nomad Internet customers. The only way they got out of it was by shutting down the card that they used or getting their bank to do like a stop payment or something oh like that, which goodness. is a huge hassle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. Thankfully, it was easier to cancel my Spotify premium subscription. And I'm glad I, I even was considering because Apple Music is such crap. I was considering going back, but then I saw this news, Brantley. And I think I just can't do it out of principle. Uh it's both cool and interesting and also scary as hell and gonna cause a horrible race to the bottom in podcast advertising. Spotify is beginning to test with some of their largest podcasts like Bill Simmons and in the future, Joe Rogan, AI host reads. So a host read in podcast advertising term is when someone like myself reads the ad. So like when I do the Linode ad, that's a host read instead of having a different person come on and they do the read. The host read is a host endorsed product. And they're generally considered a more premium product in advertising because I have to put a bit of my reputation on the line. I And for this audience, I've committed to trying the product, using the product, discovering how it works, understanding their language, identifying why it's great for our audience. All that takes time. It takes my endorsement, too, at the end of the day. So what Spotify wants to do is get all kind of the benefits of that without actually having the host have to do the ad read. So they can auto-generate ads in the voice of the podcaster. And they're going to try this with Bill Simmons first. Seems after this is some comments that he made, he gets to approve the ad, but they create it. Here's what he said, quote, I don't think Spotify is going to get mad at me for this, but we're developing that stuff. Simmons said in a conversation with the editor of The Atlantic, there's going to be a way for my voice to be used for the ads. You have to obviously give the approval for the voice, but it opens up from an advertising standpoint, all these different great possibilities. Some great possibilities. Just really great possibilities. I think one great possibility would be like if they're translating his voice into various languages, that would be really cool and something he can't do as a human. You know, that's unique. But uh, uh, there's a reputation problem here, isn't there? 
Well, and this is how you get to, this is how you get podcasts to sound like radio. This is a race to the bottom. When you combine this with dynamic ad insertion and now dynamically generating the ads, that's going to drop the price down because what you're losing is the actual host endorsement here. The actual host read is going away. And that's what the, that's what part of the price is, is my time to learn the product, invest in it. And then my reputation for being on air and talking about that product and promoting it to my audience. That's part of what you're paying for with the host read. And when you take those components out of the host read, what you have is a commercial. And once you have a commercial, you start paying less and less and less. And so then the content creator needs to run more commercials to make up the revenue difference. And so you have longer and longer blocks of ads that happen more frequently in a show. And now they're being auto-generated by an AI that probably sounds a little bit off. And it's in the uncanny valley. And it just creates this price cratering in advertising. And it forces content creators to just run more ads. That's what's going to happen. It feels like they have to stop and ask themselves, like, what are they chasing anymore? You know, because if you have an ad read done by someone like you or uh, someone with a reputation, that's unique, right? But if all of a sudden anyone can take that voice and create an ad and everybody sees it, then they're just like, what's the hook? There's no value left. And they're just kind of creating it for the sake of creating. I think the end game is they're jealous of what Google has with YouTube and they want that. They want the ability to just have all of the podcasts, well, any, you know, any serious podcast on their platform. And then you as an advertiser say, Brent, you want to buy some ads. You come into a dashboard that's created for advertisers and you start selecting genres and audience groups. Because remember, Spotify has your name. You're logged into Spotify. So they could even auto-generate the ad to say your name. Brent, you have to try this new product. Oh, man. This yeah, is going to so be they, so frustrating. <laughs> oh, no. You go in, you, you know, as an advertiser, you select the demographics, the age range, the locations you want, because they have all of that. So they have much richer data than I have because I don't collect any of that. And uh, most podcasters don't. Right. So they have all that data and now they have the ability to generate a cross podcast. So you go into the Spotify platform, you can buy a hundred podcasts at once. You can specify demographics just like you can in YouTube and AdSense and with Facebook with their ad platform. They want what Facebook and Google have with AdSense and Facebook market ads. And they want to put it boom into podcasts and Spotify. So you can go in and buy a bunch at a time. And I'll tell you, the worst part is, is it's going to work because right now podcast advertising is screwed. It has collapsed and the advertisers are moving to YouTube. I, I can tell you from personal information and information that's been shared with me off record, they're leaving podcasts and they're keeping YouTube because they can order YouTube ads at scale. Every podcast ad requires a one-off boutique contract with that podcast. And it can take, in my experience, anywhere from six months to, a, you know, sometimes as, as short as a week to set those deals up. I mean, there's seriously some ads that you hear that took me six to seven months of emails and sales and, and video calls to get those ads on air. And that is a ton of investment from the sponsor side. When they could just go to YouTube or Spotify and one person can buy 100 ads in 15 minutes. Versus one person working with one podcaster for six months. And it only works if your audience is really worth reaching. Otherwise, they're not even going to bother with you because it's just such an investment. And so Spotify is trying to solve that problem and the market wants to solve that problem. But inevitably, it will lead to a crashing in prices. 
and it'll lead to an increase in ads and you'll have the radio. You'll have the mainstream radio effect in podcasting. That's what I think. And I, I haven't even jumped in the time machine yet. I mean, undoubtedly, you're going to get exactly what you did with the Internet these last, what, 10 plus years is just ad blockers everywhere. And it's a, you know, most people have ad blockers and the ads don't even really matter anymore. Like, have you tried browsing the Internet without an ad blocker these days? Oh, God, I can't. No, and that's I, the and thing. I, and I live off ad supported media and I, right. I still. Yeah. So podcasting mm-hmm. is just kind of a couple decades behind that. And it feels like that's where we're headed. Yeah, that's why I wonder if we'll see a pretty noticeable split in value for value content and commercial content and podcasters will have to start making a decision. Boy, we're getting real close to that time machine already. So um, before we get in, we are going to go to the future this week and we're going to go 10 years into the future. Uh, We can't bring you with us, unfortunately, but Brent and I can go. We will remote view and report back what we see in the pod. And we're just going to let you know, like how podcasting is doing, how JB's doing in 2033 and all of that. And you know, part of getting ready for that is the uh, yeoman's work that Dave Jones, the pod sage, has been doing for well, over a year at least in just finding ways to refine the accurate number of podcasts that are active and counted by the podcastindex.org. And I've been following Dave's work as he comes up with different things that are thresholds that they can automate and, and kind of discard podcasts. They're trying to get the number down, actually, because they think it's overstated. And so Dave mentions that a lot of these anchor shows that come into the podcast index, they get submitted to iTunes, they get submitted to all these different places because anchor is one of these services that lets you just spin up a podcast in minutes. He says that a lot of them, like 90% of those feeds are people just screwing around with an audio recording app for five minutes and then posting it as a a podcast or anchor. So (laughs) I think they're, (laughs) I think what they're going to do, Dave says is he thinks it's time to stop integrating or ingesting, I should say, anchor feeds automatically and only accept them into the index if they're also tied to an existing iTunes ID or if they've been manually submitted by somebody instead of just automatically ingesting them. And I want to mention this because I think it's laudable to the podcast index. They're trying to get the total number of podcasts number down. Right now, it's just over 4 million that they're tracking in the podcast index. And they want that number to be as accurate as possible. They're not trying to exaggerate the number They're not trying to make it look fancy. And 4 million active podcasts is still a hell of a number. And this is a year-long journey plus of them attempting to whittle that number down to something that really is reflective of what's out there. I don't know if they're there yet, but I appreciate the hard work. I love the idea of Dave and team just like, okay, we got like an hour today. How can we get this number? Like, what is broken here? And how can we possibly reduce this metric, which is... Obviously, the opposite of what most other people want to do. It's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, well, that's the difference when it's not an advertising or sponsor incentive system, but it's based on the actual value that the audience is getting. And, you know, I think when you look at that number, 4 million, it still feels like a lot of shows to me, a lot of podcasts. I bet that could come down another couple number, but. It's partly your fault, Chris. (laughs) Hey, speaking of podcasts, big news in some podcasting 2.0 podcast apps. Podverse 4.12.12 is a must-upgrade release for Android users. Some big improvements under the hood. You won't notice a lot at the user level, but you might notice how you might notice it runs a lot smoother. Um, it is blah, chef's kiss. The result of months of Mitch and the team just tr- you know, figuring out how to stand up the right environment, tracking down this problem, learning about this entire esoteric aspect of Android development. 
and then coming up with the fix and publishing it. It was a awesome amount of work. They got it done and the results for Android users is huge. And I wanted to give them a plug and I'll put a link to Podverse on Android and the Play Store. It's also in the App Store for Apple. And of course, it's on the web. And um, it's a great app and it's GPL. And then another app that we love to see that's out there for iOS and just love to see them uh, making more and more improvements is Castomatic. Castomatic 8.7.0 is now switching to Albi for its boost integration. And I think this is absolutely fantastic because Albi is going to be available in your web browser. Albi is going to be available on Podverse. Albi is going to be available on Castomatic. Podcast Addict ever gets around to it, I think they're going to be using Albi. There's going to be AntennaPod one day potentially with Albi support. So there's, I think, a lot of people coalescing around using the Albi backend. And what's beautiful about Albi, that's open source. And they let you use your own private node if you'd like, or you can use their hosted solution. So it makes it approachable for the self-hosting geeks like me or for the folks that want the really easy, straightforward solution. And once you're loaded up with Albi, even if you stop using Castomatic or you want to switch to Podverse and you stop using that, you can still boost the shows from the Podcast Index website. So seeing these different apps coalesce around Albi, I like a lot because it just makes it so portable for everybody. Yeah, we've had some good successes with Albi on our back end recently as well. And I think, what are we in week three of all three of us hosts, at least uh, Wes, you and I, mm-hmm. having Albi on the back end, Drew as well. And uh, it's been solid. And I, a new thing for me is I'm getting these emails now that just kind of give me like, uh, hey, this person boosted you. And uh, I, uh, it's just so nice. I feel like where we were a year ago with how easy this stuff was to do for, you know, us on the receiving side. Thank you, everyone. It's just amazing. And I hope it keeps going in that direction. I think the simplest way to summarize the journey is when you and I first started messing around with this over a year ago, it was a four day, five day process to get it working. And now with Albi, it can be a five minute process. It took me less than five minutes, actually. (laughs) It was really incredible. So it's so great. Huge innovations we're seeing there, and it's making it so much more approachable. And RSS.com and Blueberry are integrating, in some cases, Albi, but they're integrating value for value on the hosting level. So I think it's just about time for us to jump in the time machine. I figured we should probably go forward this week. Uh, but before we do that, I want to mention our friends at Linode who are on board for just a little bit longer here on Office Hours, and we have appreciated it every single week they supported the show. And you can say thank you by going to linode.com Jupiter, and you get a $100 credit in return, and you can see how Linode is now powered by Akamai. All the tools you love, the, the dashboard, the CLI, the, the API, uh, the regions, they're all getting better. They're investing big time in the infrastructure, rolling out more resources closer to where you're at from your LAN all the way out to like Brent's house. They're going to have more in, in infrastructure. It's They're going crazy. They have some really cool plans that I got to see. And it's Along with large data centers, like another dozen data centers, they're also rolling up these rolling out these micro data centers. And, uh, you know, they have this global reach now of Akamai. It's like a supercharged jetpack for them. I'm really excited. And the folks that I've known still seem still seem they're there. They're still working. They're still heads down on the Linode product. So I love that. You know, you never really know. But it's like peanut butter and jelly here so far. So go check it out. Linode.com slash Jupiter. It's true. You know, they're not uh, they're not renewing at the end of the quarter on, on office hours. So we will probably transition the format of office hours at that point. But I think maybe we'll talk more about that in the boost segment, because there's a couple ideas that came in that are worth talking about. Uh, but because, you know, we're a little we're a little out of steam 
uh, but we need to go to the future. I thought we really have to be careful. We don't want to exhaust ourselves. We don't want to cause any kind of like singularity events or paradoxes. So what we need to do is channel the meta, the meta energy from Zuckerberg, who is creating a future out of narrative alone. And from there, we will find ourselves swept away to the future. What's up? It is time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta, 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 Meta. We're going to talk about a metaverse. Meta, 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 Meta. I thought I was supposed to be the robot. Meta, 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 Meta. This could be very positive for our society. Meta, 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 Meta. I hope that you will join us. And you're going to be able to do almost anything you can imagine. This isn't about spending more time on screens. It's about making the time that we always spend better. We're starting to see a lot of these technologies. Next, there are avatars. And that's how we're going to represent ourselves in the metaverse. All right, perfect. I thought I was supposed to be the robot. You'll see their facial expressions. You'll get to decide when you want to be with other people. When you want to block someone from appearing in your space. Or when you want to take a break and teleport to a private bubble. Meta, 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 meta. We're going to talk about the metaverse. Oh, oh, here we go. We're almost out of the BS vortex. Ooh. Wow. So welcome to the future. That was uh, a little rough. I apologize. That was super rough. Yeah. You did not give me a heads up about that. Yeah. You have to harness. You have to harness the power of the narrative to get to the future. And we uh, we rode on Zuck's coattails for that one. I apologize, but I don't know a better way to get to the future, Brent. If you do, if you have a better way to time travel, you'll let me know. Okay. Can't. Now that we're here, can't we just ask them? Yeah, maybe they've invented time machines now. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, so now that we've harnessed the raw powers of the Zuck narrative, uh, Brent and I are here and we will relay back to you what we see. We cannot bring you with us, but we can be remote viewers for you. Uh, and the first thing that I see here in the year 2033 is me living somewhere comfortable, remote, but not too remote. And uh, Brent, Along with the kids, they visit often. Brent brings his awesome bang bus, all loaded out with the latest tech. Now, Brent, what did you do for the kitties? Did you bring Did you bring some cats with you? I mean, this is ten years in the future. So, do you do you still have cats? Do you still have them incorporated into your life? Did you build facilities into the bang bus for the cats? I got a lot of questions. <laughs> well, yes, cats are always a part of my life. They are a different set since you know aging and such. Although I hope very soon that anti-aging stuff is happening. You've got this funny trick, I think, with what's that Levi 2.0 you've got over there wagging his tail beside you? Yeah, you see that? Yeah, I finally, it turned out we had a listener in the dog cloning business and they contacted me and it looks like I got Levi cloned. I thought I was going to have to switch to cats. So that's good. How come you didn't share that technology? Anyways, we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. Oh, they only clone dogs. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it looks like we still have a couple of the OG shows going. Ah, that artwork has changed, though, so I don't recognize it. That means we're in the, like, quadruple digits of these shows? Is that actually what's happening? I wish I wish we could find Wes. He's probably an adorable old man now, right? I mean, it's 2033. Oh, I just pictured him in, like, a vest or something. He's just wonderful. Yeah, years of late-night coding sessions, though, haven't been uh, great, I think. I'm just noticing. But, you know, otherwise... I think Wes will, uh, he'll probably outlive us all, actually. 
So he'll, he's still around, no doubt about it. Uh, but we do have a whole meta network of shows. So we have some of our OG shows going, but I see we have friends doing podcasts with us. I don't think anybody really talks about the podcast network in 2033, Brent. I think the podcast network is, it's not dead, but it's just an old idea. Maybe it's evolved now into like a federation of content creators who are self-governing and mostly autonomous, but also working together in areas that make sense. And the ideas of working through splits and having everything transparent, that's probably just been integrated at this point. And so where they do cross over and support each other, all that's out there and transparent for the listeners to see. I love this idea of just like coordinating and collaborating no matter where we are in the, I was going to say world, but maybe we're on different planets too at this point. I don't know. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. You would be remote. Yeah. You're probably still remote. You said remote. So like, yeah. let's go remote. Yeah. You're probably so remote. Now you've moved to Mars. And so your latency is probably like it is today when we're talking to you from Canada, <laughs> you know? So it's like, here we are in 2033 and Brent still got high latency, but you're definitely going to be on Starlink on Mars. No doubt about that. Well, they named it appropriately, at least. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see. So I think value for value looks like it's kind of just, yeah, yeah, it's kind of just stuck around. Who would have known? It spread beyond podcasting, too. And now that it's just kind of an expected concept, we see all these platforms just have support built in for it. and. Membership programs at this point have become an integrated part of value for value and are just more flexible than we ever could have imagined. And things like Boost still exists. Of course, advertising seems to be playing a much less direct role in, in most podcasts that are, are considered independent. And uh, video seems like it did actually become the primary domain of advertising just due to the production costs. It's hard to fund video production with uh, value for value, it seems. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I, I noticed that. But I don't know, Brent, what are you noticing? Well, I'm loving this idea of how podcasts have changed the world. Like this value for value system that, do you remember like 10 years ago, we were sitting in your office playing with it, thinking, oh, this could be kind of fun for a couple months. All of a sudden, look at us now. Like, what are we, 10 years into the future of that idea that started way back then? Bitcoin's a million dollars now, so... You know, that's how you afford your fancy apartment on Mars. <laughs> yeah, but that's no surprise. We all always knew that was going to happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's nice, though. I think, you know, three pools was a bit excessive, considering you hardly swim. But, well, uh, but, but the really kind of neat thing is how this value for value, like, you know how you can do value as you listen way back when? And just kind of trickled in as you listen to, I don't know, your favorite podcast. Remember there were just a tiny portion of them that used to do this value oh, yeah. for value stuff? Yeah. Well, these days, like, I'm, I'm literally, Chris, I'm literally paying for my electricity through the Lightning Network. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? Yeah, just pay when you turn the light on and it's a small amount and you have it capped. I like that model that they came up with. It makes so much sense for those things, you know, and especially when you travel and you're not using it. That's nice. I think... What was unsurprising but disappointed that we saw is so many AI-generated shows and media now. A lot of the AI stuff. Oh, gosh. I think it's just too much. Went too far. You know the ones that really get me is the ones that are 100% AI? Yeah. So it's like the AI talking to the AI. And I don't know. Why Why do people even... It's like they're they're fans of AI avatars now. These AI avatars became celebrities. Well, more so than you and I, that's for sure. Well, yeah, that's, well, you know, come on, it's not hard. But I mean, these, it's unbelievable. They're getting interviews. AI is interviewing AI. 
I don't need it. I don't need it. But what do you think of this new like human verified hosts idea that's been going around? Well, you know, there's there's a big controversy about the verification with the chip. I, that seems, I don't know. I could see why people would have a problem with that. I, you know, if you came back 10 years ago and told us that they're verifying your reel online with a chip in your hand, we would have said crazy, right? And people would have said that's crazy 10 years ago. But like, I got all these people getting the chip in the hand, right? So, <laughs> yeah. It's, have, you, have you considered this the, I don't know if you've seen this one, mm. they've got this voice implant that you can do to keep your voice a little younger. Do you remember you in the oh, early man, days, yeah. you were like super high pitched and then you've slowly come to this really nice point. Now I'm an old man. But <laughs> we don't, you know, in another 10 years, yeah, that's the thing. We don't want Proxpector Chris coming back. So have you considered getting that upgrade? To get the voice modulator installed. Yeah, it's it's probably the way, probably the way to go, but I'd first have to get the interface installed so they can you know oh and I just, yeah that's like i just want to get all done in one procedure i don't want to have to get cut up a whole bunch of times getting all these different components installed but you know then the recovery time when you do it all at once is like a week and you get the headaches mm-hmm. so i'm waiting for a little bit i think version two will be slightly better but i understand the problem there because if some people they have medical conditions where they don't have a voice it's great there or you know maybe you uh, have an online job and you're using your avatar all the time in the metaverse you want your voice to match the avatar it's a real problem and people feel like they can't express themselves fully until their physical body matches their virtual body more they're just set on it i think they're just going to end up messing themselves up but you know i'm an old man at this point so i get to be a curmudgeon and i got a clone dog so how bad can it be hey have you considered then you know, like a Levi voice. I know he's got the like cute bark and the little snarls and stuff, but you want to talk to him? We should get a voice translator. Can we do that? Can AI translate dog speak now in the future? I mean, probably, huh? I don't see why. It seems like it would be almost easier than human (laughs) speech because there's less things to figure out what they're saying. I mean, I figured out what he's saying. I can talk to the dog and I'm one person. So yeah, he talks, you know, he does. He and I have conversations and uh, this new one, I think he's plotting something, something a little off about the clone dog. I just haven't really figured it out yet. I'm glad to see podcast still going. I'm glad to see all this going, but it's just a mess, you know, and this chip hurts. Well, one problem with podcasts that I'm seeing, especially for our network is we're getting all these shows that are just deep fakes of us. You know, we try so hard to continue to be humans, which is not that easy talking into these ancient microphone technology or whatever. But have you seen those shows where they're just taking everyone from our hosted? Well, I know, I know we've been talking about this behind the scenes. You know, I've been, as I look through my future Periscope, I've seen us arguing about this, but I think this is the backup crew we've always been wanting. We just have to get it dialed in. And I think we should have invested in this a couple of years ago. The YouTubers have been doing it for a while. And it's working great for them. They're pumping out content four times a day. As podcasters, we're lagging behind. And, you know, I I got to go on my future road trip to Mars to visit you. Somebody's got to make the shows. I can't make the shows while in transit. You know, and that takes four days now. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be AFK for four days while I travel to Mars. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but they're like convincing people that I actually like kangaroos. And I never said that. I never up to this point. Never, ever said that you signed do you sign the disclosure saying we could use your voice as ai yeah you didn't limit what we could make it say i'm sorry i'm sorry that was nine years ago how was i supposed to know yeah 
well, don't tell your past self. Don't tell your past self. So looking around, uh, I'm glad to see we're still going. I'm glad to see Bitcoin's a million and we're so rich now that Brent has an apartment with three pools on Mars. Somehow I must have lost all my Bitcoin, though, because I notice I'm still living in an RV in El Salvador. But at least I have future Starlink, I guess. And I'm happy. Yeah, but you've been telling me about that virtual studio that you've been building. You want to give us a tour? Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if we could, okay, well, I'll paint you a mental picture since you probably can't see it, but yeah, I put on the computer headset, which uh, is actually, of all things, built by Intel. Intel makes products directly now after years of getting their arse handed to them and they're manufacturing face computers. And you put this, this sucker on, it's got three days of battery life. It's got a, it's got a processor in there that's absolutely as fast as anything you would have had back in the day. And my entire production studio is right there. I attach a microphone right to it like a headset. It comes with the uh, headphones attached to it. And it's an entire podcast production studio in a headset. We all link up. We join a virtual space. And uh, it's low latency. And the great thing with it is it's really pushed forward low latency comms for all people. Because as content creators have really been on the edge of this for a while now. And like the normies are using it now. So it's pretty neat stuff. Uh, although it leaves a mark around my face, you know, I mean, I, it could be because we use the Zuckerberg energy. So there may be some metaverse influence in here. <laughs> we may be in a reality that's been a little bit influenced. So you can't take all, all of this may not turn out. We just won't know until we get there. That was just based on the method in which we traveled. I will say this virtual studio, uh, plugin system I'm loving you know, you used to do that in your software or whatever. Get rid of that. But the one I appreciate the most for you, Chris, is the one that corrects all of your miss, like, spell it. Well, I say spelling. You're misnaming all of <laughs> yeah. those project yeah. names yeah. and, like, people's names and people from all over the world. It's hard. To- How embarrassing was that? Oh, man. These days, nobody ever knows because it just fixes all that stuff in real time for yeah. you. So, I, I mean, I know you're a babbling, you know. I can, 10 years down the road, I can hardly get it out anymore. I can barely get the words out. But the AI, and you know, when if, you remember, Brent, when it first launched, there was like that delay. Oh, we had to have like a little bit of delay on the live stream for the AI to process. It was a little awkward. Yeah. 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 But now with the hardware accelerating chips that OBS uses, it's real time. It's so smooth. You can't even tell when I screw up. <laughs> yeah. And they can even make my eyes look like I'm looking at the camera, even when I'm like looking off and falling asleep because I'm an old man doing pods still sitting down, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I don't find they got that right. So it's a little, little creepy, but uh, give another 10 years, maybe. That's just because I have it set to stare into your soul. <laughs> oh, you have it to creep mm-hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I see. I never, I didn't see that option. Now thinking about this, we got to get back, but we don't want to get back in the Zuck influenced reality. We got to make sure that we break back to our original timeline channel. So I think we have to channel an original meme from the internet that was pre Zuck being a robot. We got to go further back into the internet meme. So that way we can find the correct origin point for our return. Are you ready? Are you, are you done in 2033? I mean, I said I was ready last time, but you didn't tell me all the details. So I think, no, I'm not ready, but let's go. Buckle up, buddy. Here we go. Well, I woke up to go get me a cold pop. Then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. I got bronchitis. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. I got bronchitis. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, I woke up to go get me a cold pop. 
And now it is time for the boost. There we go. We're back. Oh, it hurts so bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That feeling is odd. Yeah. Little, the first time you do it, you're a little, you're a little queasy, aren't you? Uh, I understand. Is that, is that really how you would describe it? Yeah. You know, it's more like I feel like I got turned inside out and then back mm -hmm. inside in again. And I don't know if I liked it. No, well, we. I think we could only do that at most every 10 episodes. It'd have to, it'd have to be every 10 episodes. Could not do it very often, right? Maybe, maybe every 10. We go to the future, we see what's I going on. You might get used to it. No, we'll see. you never get used to it. Because you can't use the same meme twice. Well, can I add flavors or something? Yeah, or a remix, as they call it. You know, you want a, you want a meme remix, potentially. Yeah, it's, turns out the reality is based on memes. Who knew? <laughs> it's kind of a, one of those things. <laughs> but once you figure it out, you can harness the BS narrative of the meme. And uh, that's where the real power lies, the more you know. All right, so let's get into some boost because we are laying down the foundation for the future of podcasting as we just witnessed by going to the future. And DJ Hunter 67 is our baller this week. Hey, 240,000 sats. First time boosting. Here's to more episodes of Office Hours. It was a real treat to hear about the JB Network's past. Perhaps a show about the history of JBs in the future. You certainly have enough content. Well, DJ, thank you. Thank you for being our baller this week. Really appreciate that. And uh, I hope you enjoy the trip to the future. Let us know if we missed anything. If you have an opportunity to channel the memes and go yourself, report back. I'll, Paul comes in with 23,100 sats across three boosts. The first one, 22,000. Hey, longtime listener of many of your podcasts. I noticed a trend across a couple of them regarding the conversation about the inbound change to the content of the network. Every time, I sense a lot of guilt. Oh. All I can say is, please don't feel guilty. What other media stream provides content for this long? Star Trek, season 45, episode 7, is not the norm. As a fan, I have faith in you and the brand, and I feel guilty for not supporting you as much as I could. And change is good. He goes on to say with another thousand sats. Also, uh, for also, also the other trip to... What is he saying there, Brent? I, I think just get rid of other. Also, for the trip to Brighton, still... St uh, oh, the offer. It's an offer. Oh, offer, offer. That's what he means, the offer. Gotcha. And here's my fountain sets as well. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Oh, yes, I see. He followed up and did say offer. You're a gentleman. <laughs> That's a boosted correction. Yeah, he boosted a correction. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. well, well, we'll done. Take it. We'll take it. Mirror Mortals podcast comes in with some Grandpa Ducks 22,222. Quacka waka, it's a treasure. Yippee! Really appreciated this episode. Uh, that was Let's Play Doctor. Came just in the nick of time for my prep and research. A call for everyone who Ooh. isn't streaming or boosting to pitch in and send value for your favorite JB shows. Every little bit counts. Wait, prep and research for what? I want to know more. Rumor has it I may make an appearance on the Mere Mortals podcast and do a little chat. Perhaps soon. Yeah. When that's published, I'll put a link uh, in the notes here. I guess, or maybe in the next episode. We'll I'm sure it'll probably be out by then. Daja also comes in with some Grandpa Ducks, 22,222. This old duck still got it. I love the candor and I love you guys. You're not afraid to be vulnerable and let the audience know how it is. Plus one to the Mere Mortals podcast boost as well. Anyone and everyone listening, if you can, please consider boosting your favorite JB shows or pick up a party membership. Here, here. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate like you guys getting it. It means a lot. Um, cause you imagine this is my whole life. It's my income. It's been my, our family business for about 18 years. 
So yeah, it's, it's, it means a lot to us. One thing I've really appreciated about, you know, us being transparent is the audience has had so many good ideas and feedback for us on how to sort of tweak things or change things or just what they want. So, I mean, we're taking in a bunch of these ideas and we'll see where they end up, but I feel like there's some experimentation to be had here in a little bit. Yeah. I I was initially hesitant to start the conversation before the ad run was done, you know, because some of the sponsors still have ads for a few weeks and that stuff takes a while. Um, there may, I may still sell some ads, you know, the quarter's not over yet. Um, but it has been productive getting the conversation started early and taking in their, their feedback. So I am also glad we did it. Sebastian comes in with 6,384 sats. Here's all my sats I earned through Fountain. Thanks for providing us with the great content. I'm moving back to Overcast because the Fountain app was garbage. Uh, that sounds like something an Overcast user would say. I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> just because that's something Marco would say. You know, it's it's not as polished as Overcast because Overcast has a very experienced developer that's been working on it for like a decade. Right? Over, uh, Fountain is trying a whole bunch of new stuff, including a whole new paradigm around bringing in some social aspects to Fountain. I, and I hate to use that term, but it is what it, it, it is. But it's social aspects done right. Uh, which is an area that Marco's not even thinking about. But I also think Overcast is great. And, you know, the reality is you get Albi and then you use the podcast index. You don't have to switch your podcast app to keep on boosting. And it looks like they gave us some GPS coordinates and they're coming in right there in the corner of Michigan, right there in the armpit on the other side of the dong. So, you know, you have Lake Michigan, the dong, and then you have the armpit over here. You know what I'm saying? If you look, if you, oh, if you visualize I, it. I think now that you've translated it, I know what you're yeah. saying. That's so that's why we have West do the locations in love, because that's my version of doing the locations. <laughs> Perhaps you prefer one or the other. Gene Bean comes in with five thousand one hundred and twenty sats. Boost. And he says it's cross out three boosts. He says the opening audio of how to Linux was really good. Goes on to say you're talking about a drop in ad revenue. Have you considered leaning harder into Adam Curry's model of value for value more so than you do already to make up the difference? Well, I'm not sure what we would do to lean in harder. Um, you know, we have boosts in the shows and memberships, but, uh, we are, I, I think we have been right. Like we've been trying to encourage more because I'm trying to gauge how far we could get with reduced advertising because reduced advertising doesn't only mean reduced ads for you guys, which some of you don't even care about. It means, I, I mean, I can't even really realistically tell you, but if I said 80% less work for me, that might not be an exaggeration. Um, so if I had 80% more time back, I, it would change my life. I would, I would live a healthier lifestyle. It'd be more sustainable to do this. And the shows would inevitably get more. I might, I don't know. They would inevitably get more focus. I fantasize that if I had all of a sudden more time, I would take a little bit of time to recoup and then I would probably hit it harder than I've ever hit it, but I would probably want to recoup for a little bit. Um, and so when I look at the next 10, 15 years of where I want to take JB, essentially, if I, if I consider this, I, I, I feel like where I'm at right now, isn't even the midpoint of my career. I feel like I've got probably another 25 years in me, 30 years in me, assuming my health holds up. So if I think about what I want that business to represent, what I want that brand to represent over time and the quality of the content that I want to come out, I don't. I don't know. it. It's not that there's no role for advertising. It's great advertisers in the right situation, potentially, or for the right type of opportunity, like maybe a, a Linux Fest event or a, a traveling kind of thing. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> but I, I'm using this moment in time 
to evaluate some of that. It's risky for me personally. Um, it's dangerous financially. But if I'm thinking what, if I'm looking at this economic downturn, that's definitely at least hitting advertising. And I'm thinking about where I want to be when things pick back up and they start knocking on my door again. I think I'm thinking I'm taking some of that crap sandwich right now, potentially, while everybody's going to be taking a bit of a crap sandwich. And leaning more into value for value is something we're going to do as we just figure out how to do it better. And, um, you know, like one thing I've got to really make sure I figure out is make sure the members still feel like they're appreciated. Right. Because I think because the members don't get funny soundboard effects and because there's not an open messaging system attached with the subscription, uh, I think they feel like they get left out, even though they're kind of crucial to the budgeting and long-term sustainability. So it's got to figure that out as part of the value for value thing as well. He goes on with one last boost. He says, how did you go about getting the sats into the cash app from Zeus while mobile? That's a trick I haven't figured out. Okay, so Zeus wallet is designed to connect to a lightning node and you need to have a lightning node with some sats on it. When you do that, the Zeus wallet essentially becomes a wallet front end to your node. Now, I've got a couple of nodes, so this is something that's pretty easy for me to experiment, experiment with. But if you don't have a node, Zeus might not be the right one for you. But assuming you have a, a, a lightning node that you self-host or that you have access to the RPC protocol, you can just point Zeus at your node and it acts as a node front end. It'll show you your channel status. It'll show you your on-chain balance, your lightning balance, and it lets you receive and send sats. And Cash App, which is fantastic, is on the lightning network, just like the Strike App is. Two competing applications speaking the same open standard. And I can send value sats from my open source, self-hosted, implementation to the cash app or the strike app or Albi or any podcast I want that has boost anywhere on the lightning network. Like you can with email and SMTP. It's beautiful. And so I just load up Zeus and I send the stats to the cash app over lightning cash app will generate your lightning address to send it to. They show up in two seconds because the lightning network is instantaneous and it's glorious. And then once they're in the cash app, you can just sell them instantly. And uh, once you sell them instantly, they're available as a spending credit in the Cash App. And you can make the Cash App one of your wireless payment options. So uh, I don't have this option on my Pizel 7 running Draphine OS, but I do have it on my Internet Phone 13, which is now working again. And so when I double-click the power button on my Internet 13 phone, the cash app comes up and I can just tap to pay. And the entire process takes longer to explain than it does to actually do. I mean, I could, I could probably do it in 15 seconds now. It's really great. I experimented with another time using it to, uh, to pick up, uh, when we were, uh, in, um, where were we, Brent? Pasadena. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was sat stakes. We bought some sat stakes and what we did there is we we did a lightning transfer to bit refill which lets you turn sats into gift cards and they have like every every company in the states that has gift cards and so we just converted it to like a instacart we got, we did instant cart and we ordered groceries with sats and one of them was some of it was steaks and it's so simple because it's it, it's over lightning it happens immediately so you're not like waiting around for a transaction to finalize or anything like that i hope that made sense I wanted to mention Nomadic Coder came in with 5,555 sats, but provided no message, but I just want to give them a thanks. Tux MM also came in with 5,000 sats. 
First time booster, Tuck says. Long time listener. Thank you very much. I started in circa 2007 when oh my. I would transfer episodes onto a Kawan MP3 player as I took my baby girl on walks with the stroller. I called into Linux Action Show via Skype live with you and Brian Lunduke once. I remember that. I'm trying to figure out a way to boost monthly. As you mentioned, money is tight for everyone, but I'm willing to give up a few cups of coffee to support the network. Also, I just started my journey with Fedora Kino Night. So far, loving it. My daily driver is Debian KDE. Well, Tux, that's, first of all, thank you for listening so long. And um, God, it's so, I know I say this, but I'm so blown away by how many long timers have never, ever, ever reached out. And then we have the boost and we're hearing from them. That's crazy. It's like the OG long timers coming through to support us at a moment of where, when we need, probably have ever needed it the most. It's kind of amazing. Um, and I love hearing the setup info to it. Curious to know how a Fedora Kino Night works out for you and if you've tried Silverblue before that. Oh, it sounds like you're probably just a plasma guy though, so I totes get it. Now, you asked about monthly boosts. There's not a lot of options here, but this is an area under active development, so in a few months, you'll probably see more and more options, but what we do have and is actually getting used by listener Bob is something called Oaknode. And Oak is a tool that lets you just essentially stream sats on a schedule. You could do it hourly, daily. It's kind of like setting up a cron job for sending sats is basically what it is. Uh, yeah, and you you have you need to have a node to do this. So that's why it's kind of like not my go-to solution. But if you have an existing node, you can schedule uh, a payout of whatever you think is right at whatever time you think is right to the creators that support uh, Lightning Payments. And so um, listener Bob does this to my Albi address, which is like chrislass at albi.net. Everybody that signs up for Albi automatically gets one of these LN URL addresses that look like an email address. Traditionally, lightning addresses are these long strings of numbers and, and letters. But there is a standard called the LN URL, which is sort of a friendly, almost like DNS name on top of that. And when you sign up for Albi, you automatically get one. And so like, like I said, mine's like Chris Lassick at Albi.com. And Brent's would be whatever his username is at Albi.com. Or Nat or whatever. I can't but you get my point. And then you can point Oak to that, which is at uh, oak-node.net. I'll put a link in the show notes. And then uh, schedule it up and point it at your favorite podcasters. There's a few folks out there doing this. Is they just kind of set it and forget it, and they just listen and listen without uh, any concern or guilt. I'll put a link to Oak in the notes. And thanks for listening for so long, man. And thanks for trying out Fountain and the whole boost thing just to write in. It means more than you could know. The Muso comes in with 10,000 sets. Coming in hot with the boost. <laughs> I boosted a while ago to Linux Unplugged about annual payments for memberships. Any progress on setting that up? This is a question that comes in a lot. I have a ticket in with memberful support to figure out if there's a way we can just add annual options to the existing plans. The answer I got about a year ago when I asked this question was, I have to create all new plans that are duplicates of the monthly plans. And then I have to make sure that on the back end, we're posting the right content to all the right plans and stuff. And it gets clumsy. So that's trying to sort that out. Um, and if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. Because I've had several requests. But we do have something brand new that I just set up today that I would love to get some help testing. Because I don't have a super easy way to test this. I don't, I'm not a member. <laughs> I can like get some test stuff, but I have to deactivate some features and it's not ideal. So what I have set up and enabled is pay what you want memberships. 
Now there is the minimum price. That's that's the default price for the membership. Sometimes it goes on sale, but not often. But you can increase it to whatever you feel is a fair value. And uh, that's a, it's enabled for Jupiter.party memberships, for Unplug Core memberships. I believe I turned it on for all of them, but definitely for Jupiter Party and the Unplug Core. And you can go to Jupiter.party and you can sign up and you can pop up the number to whatever you think is the fair amount. And I would love to know feedback on how that works, especially if you already have a plan. Because I really don't know how it works for upgrading your plan, your existing plan. Like, I don't, I can't speak to that. And I could really use the feedback before I go announce this on all the shows. So if you do get a chance to try it, I would really like to know how it worked for you and what you think of the functionality. So that has been enabled for Jupiter.party, Unplugged Core, and I believe Coder and Self-Hosted. So let us know. Well, Chris, I'm looking here, at least at the interface, uh, for joining the membership. And seems to work great, actually. I, it's funny you did this. Uh, I didn't know you did this. And a week ago, I looked at this and I thought, geez, wouldn't it be nice if you could just set your own amount? Yeah. With a minimum? Right. And you went ahead and did that. I didn't even know that was an option. It looks great. Uh, you know, I got like a lot of emails on this. And I was like, I really got to look into this. And I think their implementation is pretty easy. The way they do it is they have the standard price and then just a little plus minus and you can just increase the amount and then set it. I don't have the annual stuff figured out yet, and I think that would probably help people with this a little bit, but I am trying to see if we can do it in an organized way, and it's just kind of engaging with their support, so we'll see. Got to hope. All right, we're starting to round it out, and we have a boost from a longtime booster, but haven't heard from from a while, Mr. Rusta Castaversa with 12,000 sats. It's over 9,000! Now, he spread it across 4,000 boosts and writes, I love the meta aspect of Office Hours. If boosts keep you on the air, then that's my incentive to do it. Maybe we could have a boost to unlock an episode. That way you don't spend time thinking about or prepping it until it looks like the community is ready to throw in. Oh, that's a fun idea. I think this might be the model going forward after Linode is done sponsoring. For office hours, you mean? Yeah, for office hours. Because the the most expensive part of office hours is just getting it produced, you know, because we pay for our definitely well-deserved uh editing you know whatever drew tries is definitely i'm not complaining but i'm just saying it's the, we have to pay for it to get edited it has to go out it takes our time like there's costs involved in producing the show the nice thing about sort of like a boost threshold would be like okay we could check the box we can pay that bill let's go produce it because if you think about living through lean times you don't want to get ahead of your skis and start making a bunch of content you can't pay for i mean we already have stuff sitting on digital shelves that we can't pay to have produced so I don't want to get to that situation. And I think the other thing that I like about it is I've always wanted office hours to really kind of be, a, have a little more Q&A to it, but I've never quite nailed how to do that. Like the whole idea was you come into the office and you ask the questions that's going on with JB and we answer what's going on. But then we kind of, you know, settled on other stuff. But I think we could incorporate more of that on the regular. And then when we get to like a boost threshold of like 800,000 sats or something, so maybe it takes a month, I don't know. But when we get to a certain boost threshold, we take the questions we have, we make, we look at what other content, what other things we want to talk about, and we put together an episode and we release it that week. Something like that. We'd have to, we'd have to kind of discuss it more behind the, behind the scenes and figure out actually how to make sure we could schedule time and all that. But I think that might be a format going forward for us. Uh, they continue. I had a thought. If times do get lean, it might be time to monetize the JB Podcast website as a platform. Put a license on it tear it out call it the podcasters pipeline if someone wants to use it as a network site for multiple shows they can they can pay the big pp license if, if they're just going to get a single license then it's just the jb pp license 
If someone needs support with the page, maybe you encourage them to pay in sats. That could then support the RSS feed splits and get all that set up, and a person could boost in or stream sats to it. It's an interesting idea. I don't know. I mean, it's not. we didn't build the website to make a profit on it, right? In fact, if anything, I'd be happy if more people adopted it and we got some of these features on our website just sort of as a standard for podcasters. And putting a price on it would slow that down. I'm at the point now where it's excruciating for me how slow podcasters are at, at adopting new features. I mean, like how many podcasters do you know that don't even bother with chapters or like links? Oh, too many. Like a lot of podcasts don't even have links or like can hardly bother with a description. It's the basics. Oh, so, so to say nothing about lit and boost and transcripts, like my goodness, I am so, so, so ready for this to move faster because like we have, we can do better. We can make this, a better medium. And if I didn't, if I were to license the website, I feel like I'd be contributing negatively to that momentum. I, I want to do everything I can to accelerate people adopting those standards and those features, you know, it would also necessarily change our focus of the kind of work we're doing on a daily basis. You know, if you're, if you're all of a sudden doing support for uh, some software, that's a, that's a totally different business. Really true. I'm not sure it's one we're interested in doing. Rusta also says that they made the switch to Podverse full-time from Fountain, says they like it overall, but the queue system needs some work. This is the first time boosting from their platform, and he says he loves it more than Albie, and uh, he really likes the clipping functionality, but he does miss some of the social stuff that Fountain has. He's going to give Castomatic a try probably in the future, and then just cycle through the players like I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we need it. We, we came up with distro hopping. Is it like catcher hopping? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Uh, old bear four fifty four comes in B O O S T with five thousand sats. I really like this show. I hope you don't cancel it. Honestly, I think you're putting too much work into it. Maybe consider doing it less frequently, every two weeks, once a month. Make it a feedback driven show. E.g., we boost them with questions and you try to answer them, like a professor's office hours. Okay, you see, he's bears on the same page with us here. <laughs> the professor thing's funny, but I like how he highlighted try to answer them. Like maybe it won't be possible for all questions. You never know. Sometimes you get some crazy ones. All right. So let's see. We've got uh, just a few more boosts and then we are all wrapped up. And oh, look at this. It's a whole bunch of duckies. I'm a duck. D-U-K duck. Loaded with talent. Elroy741 comes in. It's been a little bit. Nice to hear from you. Re-listening to this episode uh, so I can vote with my sats on trying to keep this show around. Probably won't be enough, but I just wanted to try. JB survival is more important in the long run. Uh, sorry, I've been AFK. Life has been crazy. I'm trying to get back as soon as possible because I want to help with the website stuff again. Another row of ducks. We got two row of ducks total. By the way, I love the historical view of JB's past and the podcasting industry overall. Really fascinating. Thanks for sticking around for 29 episodes so far. I honestly never thought we'd make it to 30. I can't believe we've hit that, Mark. And uh, wh why? Did, what? Uh <laughs> Faraday Fedora gave us a CPR boost to keep the show going. 1,111 sats. And Marchie, who's a party member, uh, says they also listen to the public feeds and they think it's kind of validating to hear other members boosting in, confirming that they also listen to the public feeds. <laughs> that was great. And they mentioned they also like Spotify, though, because they also kind of want to mix in music sometimes. Um, says, as long as the memberships help out the show, I don't mind about the ads, really, and prefer the edited versions of the shows. Hopefully, JB weathers the upcoming ad drought and comes back stronger than ever. Woo! I'll give a big loud ding to that. Thank you, everybody. We had uh, 24 boosts 
16 boosters total, and individually, I should say, individual boosters. And it was a grand total sat boost of 363,475 sats. And that's something I'm going to try to start doing is mentioning the total sats that came in. So if we were uh, to say produce once we hit a once we hit a certain milestone, kind of like a bounty, um, we would be just about half short of the bounty, which is not really that bad. Consider this is just one episode. You know, um, the question is, would people continue to boost and get that amount up there when we're not publishing episodes? I suspect no. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people will just randomly boost after a couple of weeks, but uh, we'll see. You know, we're, we'll probably try experimenting with that starting in Q3. Uh, but thank you, everybody who did come in. I think we should also mention uh, Linux Unplugged did quite well this week. Number four, I think, on the rolling rolling lip fountain. Yeah, number four on the fountain charts. And that's because I don't think they're correctly counting all of the sats that come in from the other networks still. Even though I am sending them to fountain, a little bit of a split. I don't think they're, because I think otherwise we would have been, we had a total of like 1.7 million sats sent into love. It was incredible. So yeah. thank you, everyone. But we're still number four just based on the fountain contributions alone. So that's I'm happy with mm. that. Very happy with that. I want to mention the music. The songs you heard in today's episode are from the Remix Bros on YouTube, and I will put a link in the show notes to their channel because they've got some fun, usually news-related stuff or, you know, internet meme-related stuff. And, of course, we have a whole back catalog of Office Hours. If you're wondering what we've been up to over the last year or so, you can go to officehours.hair and a whole network of shows that you already know about over jupiterbroadcasting.com, so I don't got to tell you about any of that. They already know. That's why they're here, right? So I guess that's it. I think we're done. Yeah? You got anything else? You done? Well, you've got this strange object on your desk that you took from the future. Can you describe that a little bit? It's like... Brent! Oh, sorry. Brent, don't tell me about that. Sorry, sorry. It's a sports almanac. Come on. That's how we're going to make it big. But it's a cube? All right. We got to get out of here. Thanks, everybody. We'll probably see you next time.